0: Virus New Zealand, a daily stuff podcast. Hey Adam, guess what? We've had a 100% increase in the number of emails we've received.
1: You mean we've now got two?
0: Yeah, well, it's 100% increase.
1: Okay, I'll take it. So, that address that those two people have emailed is viruspod at stuff.co.nz. Email us feedback or reviews or whatever, but right now we're especially interested in hearing from Kiwis living overseas. Record a little voice memo, a minute or two, tell us your name, where you are in the world and how you're going and send it to viruspod at stuff.co.nz. Anyway, welcome to Coronavirus NZ for the 2nd of April. I'm Adam Dudding.
0: And I'm Eugene Bingham. We bring you the latest news as well as the more interesting and unusual things that have been happening in life under lockdown.
1: Quite how long we'll be in lockdown is unclear, of course. Jacinda Ardern said today that those asking for the exact number of days that they'll remain stuck at home are out of luck, but she hopes to get more information on that in a few days.
0: As you probably know by now, we're recording this remotely, Adam at his place on the North Shore, me at my place in the suddenly hottest place in Auckland, out West. Liquor license laws mean Westies can only buy booze at liquor stores run by a licensing trust, So, so out here they've been deemed an essential service, but See, the liquor stores can sell spirits and premixes, whereas supermarkets can only sell beer and wine. So, of course, Aucklanders are driving
1: across town to get their hard liquor. Later in the show, Stuff's entertainment director Nikki Park joins us from a toddler's teepee to tell us what she's watching, what you should watch, and how to keep yourself and the family entertained, maybe even for free. But first, what's happened today? The government has announced a plan to
0: help tens of thousands of tourists stuck in New Zealand. They will be allowed to catch domestic flights to connect to flights out of the country.
1: The number of coronavirus cases has had its biggest jump in a single day, increasing by 89 to a total of 797. Meanwhile, the global total is set to hit a million cases in the next few days, and global deaths have reached 50,000.
0: Magazine publisher Bauer has shut down all of its New Zealand publications, saying the COVID-19 restrictions had left them in an untenable position. But the government says the company actually refused its offers to help keep the titles running
1: with wage subsidies. And some homeless people around the country are being moved into serviced
2: apartments during the lockdown.
0: Stuff reporter George Block has been looking into what going home for lockdown looks like when you don't have a home. Welcome to the show, George.
2: Hi, Eugene. Great to be here.
0: So... Quest Service Departments in central Auckland have got a new clientele at the moment. How's how's that working out for them?
2: Yeah, that's right. Um, I was walking home up Eden Crescent the other day. I think it was Friday, day two of the lockdown. And I saw three blokes outside, um, some of whom were sort of our local uh, rough sleepers. They were getting a briefing from a uh, staff member who was wearing a face mask. And then one of them was ushered inside. Um, So I started looking into it. And it turns out that Quest is one of a number of places which the housing, Ministry of Housing and Urban Development have sorted out as accommodation for people who are vulnerable, especially rough sleepers, those in night shelters, all those in sort of temporary boarding houses. So just across the road from me, on this side of Queen Street, there are one or more uh, homeless people safely ensconced in a one bedroom studio apartment, which is um, obviously quite nice for them and a great way to keep them safe during lockdown.
0: So it keeps them safe and dry and uh, social isolation.
2: Yeah, that's right. Obviously, you can imagine um, along Victoria Street West in Auckland, a bit of a hub of the homeless community there, they all tend to sit in one group. And that makes them really vulnerable if there were to be a coronavirus outbreak. And obviously, they're a really hard-to-reach community. So this way, the Ministry of Housing Development has sorted out, I think so far, about 600 places up and down New Zealand where these vulnerable people can they can know where they are they can get the support they need and they can isolate away from other people so it's not just happening in Auckland no no down in Wellington where they've got their well-known uh, night shelter the MSD Ministry of Social Development has leased a building in manors Street with room for 42 people so those guys who often spend the night at the night shelter also down there in Manor Street are able to be safe and isolated from each other which is a really good development I think. Mm.
0: And in in Christchurch too?
2: Yeah in Christchurch I think um, city missioner Matthew Marks said uh, landlords and sort of owners of empty airbnb obviously there's a huge supply now that there's hardly any tourism they've really come to the party and put homeless people up in Airbnbs and in old empty rentals.
0: So you also caught up with Fire Michelle, Michelle Kidd, who if anyone has been to the Auckland District Court in the last couple of decades, they'll know her face and they recognise her as someone who very kindly and lovingly
2: deals with the vulnerable and
0: addicted. What does she have to say about the people she knows? How, how are they
2: going? That's right, yeah. Fire Michelle is a bit of a legend. Um, she said that coronavirus worries are really pronounced among the, among the sort of downtrodden, vulnerable, homeless mentally ill people she deals with. They're frightened of getting it and they're frightened to come into court because obviously the Auckland District Court is continuing to operate skeleton services. And apparently the courts are being quite understanding with that. As long as they make contact, they'll be able to reschedule with not too many issues. Um, Another really heartening thing that uh, Michelle told me was that she feels like the authorities, the police in particular, are treating people with more care and kindness than they had done in the past. Um, She actually said to me, that authorities are again behaving like New Zealanders did. Uh, Her quote, which I really liked, was, for far too long, we were only thinking about how much money we had in the bank. So she thinks that this period of lockdown has brought out a sort of new kindness and compassion, which was really interesting to hear.
0: Also, what's happening is is, uh, addiction services uh, are adapting. For instance, you reported that the AA has
2: changed the way it goes about meetings? Yeah, like a lot of people, the AA has taken its um, meetings online. One bloke had sponsored nine people. He said they um, are finding it a bit more difficult, but it, it is working. They're doing sort of one to one meetings. It only takes two people to have a meeting, was his comment. Mm. Thank you very much for joining us, George.
1: It was only yesterday I was saying it was sort of odd as the ripples of COVID nineteen started to hit friends and family, you know, economically as they start to take the the hits and the pay cuts and the job losses and and so on and how that felt sort of different from seeing it from a reporting point of view. But uh, today the the water's really lapping at the door with that. Big horrible news that uh, Bauer, a private German company owned by a family of billionaires, um, has pulled the pin on all its New Zealand magazines. So that's The Listener, New Zealand Women's Weekly, uh, Women's Weekly rather, I always get that wrong, Women's Day, North and South, Metro, Fashion Quarterly, Next, and and there are a bunch of others as well. Now Everyone will have their own personal connections to those magazines, you know, just just reading them anyway. But uh, for me, The Listener was literally my first employer in the world of media. I used to sub-edit the TV listings pages, writing captions, cropping photos, formatting the dates and times using Quark Express. It was an amazing place to work. They had this fantastically comfortable couch where I sometimes take uh, midday naps on the days that I'd come in to work a little bit hungover. Um, I was only ever a contract temp rather than a, rather than staff, so I possibly didn't take things quite as seriously as I might have, but it was, it was a pretty great place to work. The thing is, New Zealand media is a really quite small world, and and obviously, you know Eugene as well. Every single one of us working somewhere in media will know one or many more than one of the hundreds of people who've suddenly lost their jobs. Mm. And of course, it's not just the journalists and the editors; they are all the flow-ons in terms of printers, distributors, um, accounts, marketing, sales. You know, it's it's a great big machine. Um, Ripple
0: effects go on and on and on, don't they? And then, you know, Radio Sport, of course, was closed down earlier in the week, and lots of lots of colleagues and and, and friends who've lost their jobs. There and really suddenly, really suddenly, like the Bauer announcement, it was just bang. Columnists at NZME and its stuff have been let go, let's hope temporarily. You know, the fact is media has been on a fragile footing for the past five years, more really, if we're honest. And and COVID-19 has just accelerated the catastrophe the lot of, that a lot of us have been worrying about for a long time.
1: Of course, everyone's going through the stuff right now. It's it's not just media that's losing their jobs. It's a full three months, pretty much, since New Zealand's forestry workers started losing their jobs. Axed. Yes, Eugene. Axed.
0: I did some reporting, kind of, yesterday. I took notes when I went to the supermarket. It was my first trip out of the house for eight days. Well, first trip out of the house by car for eight days. And I just noticed a few things. Tell me what you saw. So many walkers on the roads. Yeah, so many bikes on the road. I did see Michelle Duff say somewhere, uh, one of our colleagues, that she's never seen so many odds and sods bikes about the place, 10 speeds, BMXs, and boy, the nation's calves are going to be great after all this, which, judging by the experience yesterday, she's absolutely right. Once I got to the supermarket, things that I noted down, tape makers will inherit the earth. I have no idea what you
1: mean when you say this.
0: Well, from the car park, really, to all the way inside the supermarket, there is tape on the ground. There's almost more tape than there is, you know, concrete and tiles, marking out, marking out social distancing, marking out which way to go, everything, tape, 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 face guards at checkouts. I hadn't seen those before because I hadn't been to the supermarket for a couple of weeks.
1: You mean face masks?
0: No, no, face guards, like the big plastic oh. things like you see in banks.
1: Oh, like the the spittle barriers. Yeah.
0: Yeah. They were in front of the...
1: I think they should call them spittle barriers.
0: Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I'm sure Countdown will take your suggestion on that. The other thing I noticed was overwhelming kindness and manners. People were just being so kind to each other and... You know, no, no, you go, no, you go, no, you go. Uh, and Are you sure this is a, a, a general New Zealand phenomenon? I mean, what, what suburb did you say you lived in? Disneyland? No, no. I live in good, you know, it was a good good suburb. And people, you know, just good good folk, good folk. And all walks of life, everyone being just kind and, and good-mannered and, and lovely to each other, uh, Almost, almost over the top, nice to each other. But it was lovely, actually. Another thing I noted, I had a chat to a neighbor and a friend of my son who was getting the trolleys in, you know a young guy who's just in his first year of university and has had a you know a, a, school, a job after school job and now it's after university job, working at the supermarket for a couple of years and we just had a bit of a chat about the uncertainty that he feels, you know he had started off this year, actually it's the second year of university, I should correct myself, you know he'd started off this year, wanting to get into a stride of the the studies and suddenly it's all to a halt. He talked about some courses are online, but he doesn't really it's not he doesn't enjoy learning that way, so he's struggling a bit. And he just talked about the uncertainty. And I guess that's something that lots of us are feeling. Another important thing I noted was why is it that your face gets itchy as soon as you're hyper aware that it's really important you don't touch your face? There must be science.
1: I think we should go and find the PhD thesis that somebody's written on it and and quote from it in the next show. But uh, I wouldn't have thought that this is a problem that would particularly matter for you. This is a podcast, not video. So nobody can see that you've got a beard which is roughly the size of your head, um, Mm. which I would have thought would have provided a whole extra layer of protection and safety for you. Hmm. Okay.
0: Well, because that was the other thing that I noticed was just the kind of sheer weirdness of seeing so many people in gloves and masks. It's just it's just kind of strange. But masks and personal protective equipment PPE they're really becoming something people talk about more and more. You know, the advice so far has been to be cautious about masks. I've seen Susie Wiles, uh, the scientist and microbiologist pointing out that having a mask on when you're not used to it creates creates its own dangers because you can tend to touch your face more when you adjust it and so on. There was a really interesting piece in the New York Times that I read about you know, as the demand for these things around the world goes on, but million-dollar wire transfers to strangers and rumours of hidden supplies and forgotten warehouses, wheeler dealers trying to talk through regulators and customs officials and letting them get shipments through, you know, hasty deals and bars and sudden calls to corporate jet pilots and fast-moving
1: wire transfers. It's so it sounds like an episode of Narcos, basically.
0: Yeah, and it's all over masks, you know, and the, the wholesale costs for N95 respirators which is a crucial type of mask for protecting medical workers, has quintupled. Quintupled? How do you say
1: that? Quintupled. No one knows how to say quintupled. It's best to just say five times as many. Five times as much. There you go. Well, actually, I have one Bunnings mask. I would like to point out that I'm not a um, a hoarder nor a, a panic buyer. I was just rummaging around in the garage a couple of days ago, probably while looking for things to fix my plumbing. Uh, and I saw that there's a box with turps and a few things and the masks that I got from when I was doing some sanding the other day for a thing. So I was just wondering what you know what's that worth on the open market? Five times as much as it was a couple of weeks ago. Exactly. I mean, working media is looking less safe than it used to be. I need a new income stream. I could um, maybe put my mask on Trade Me. Maybe. You know, some people have ended up in some god-awful predicaments. There's a stuff story uh, from a, a reporter, Lorna Thornber, uh, about this couple, a Kiwi couple um, from Oriwa in Auckland, John and Suzanne Wallace. So they're going on a, a lovely cruise around the Americas. Um, and apparently they had a great time, quote, for the first seven days. And then they kind of turned into a plague ship. There were cases of coronavirus on board, and then they couldn't get into port. Nobody let them off. They weren't let out of their rooms for a time. And then they were, so they are still getting out on the deck. But it's they've just gone from port to port, occasionally picking up supplies, but a number of places haven't let them in at all. So they were they were turned away, apparently, from Argentina, from Chile, from Puerto Rico. They were trying to go to Mexico. They were trying to go to the US. And then as this went on, eventually, people started testing positive and dying on board. On March 30th, by March the 30th, so it's a, a few days ago, four people on board had died. And John said in this piece, Naturally, at this stage, the nerves were starting to get a little tender. Isn't that the most
0: understated Kiwi way of putting what must be a horrible, horrible
1: nightmare? And what else? Um, oh, after yesterday's report from Belarus about the coronavirus vodka and sauna cure.
0: Alleged cure. Bogus cure, I think we should say. <laughs> bogus Don't try cure. this at home, yes. kids. Anyway. Yes.
1: Mm. You can wash your hands with vodka. Oh, no, don't even do that. Because that's right. Vodka is only about 40% alcohol and a recommended 70% minimum for a good hand wash. So, yes, vodka has no role to play in the solution of the COVID-19 no. crisis. Anyway, news today from another former Soviet bloc nation, Turkmenistan, which I actually had to go and Google. It's a rather teeny country, just near Afghanistan. Mm. Um, they've worked out another novel way to fight the virus. They have banned the word coronavirus, and you can get arrested for saying it or printing it. Hmm. In New Zealand as a Village News, uh, this tweet from someone who says, just crossed the road to make sure I was social distancing from some people coming up the footpath, I only realised once I was in safe distance that it was the PM walking home. And today in our regular Famous People Infection News john prine has got it
0: so john prine is a legendary grammy winning country musician known as the songwriter's songwriter he was due to play new zealand in february but obviously well, will yeah he's in intensive care being treated for coronavirus symptoms his wife previously tested positive for it and has subsequently recovered she don't like her eggs already. She thinks crossing her legs is funny. She looks down and knows that money. She gets it on like the Easter Bunny. This she is John Prine singing. In spite of ourselves, we wish him all the best. Don't let her go.
1: Ozark is back. I'm two episodes into the latest series. It's bloody and horrible and full of murders, and I'm, I'm enjoying it a lot. Lockdown was made for boxset TV. Theatre and movies and festivals and gigs, not so much. Nikki Park is Stuff's Lifestyle and Entertainment Director, so she's been watching closely as public entertainment gets swapped out for TV binging. So, so Nikki, how are you doing?
3: Yeah, I'm okay. My five days of isolation has felt a bit like five weeks. Um, we've got two of us grown-ups in here trying to work full-time with a toddler, so it's quite full-on, but I've kept them out, so they've gone to see some horses while I sit in baby Gus's TP, so that we can have a chat.
1: Can you tell me more about this TP?
3: Um, (laughs) We've kind of got out all the stops, if you know what I mean. You know, like it's, I don't know, a couple of sheets rigged up over some sticks. Luckily, it was his birthday just before isolation, so there's also a really sad-looking helium balloon as well. But I mean, we had the, like, air mattress up and all our camp gear out yesterday. It's just like going through the recycling bin and finding out how many ways with an egg carton no we're battlers
0: you're pulling out all stops
3: yes and I'm trying really hard to just think about the bonding yeah this is months with my child that I would have been and now we're getting to really know each other
0: very true hey have you had time to be watching anything and if so what have you been watching
3: I have, but only after hours. And this is actually what I was thinking about when you guys were um, asking me, you know, about what people are watching, that kind of thing. I wish I was bored. I wish I could just sit down and keep on smashing through like succession, which is what I have been trying to finish off. Um, we're kind of a one-ep, two-ep person a night. So that is what I have been hooked on so it's kind of dark ish drama it's it's meant to be a little bit lol and you can kind of I think it's funny it might not be everyone's critique but it's about this family called the Roy family and their kind of family battle to run this media empire they're uh it's on neon they're kind of a little bit of a hint towards your Murdoch family yeah I'm knees deep in season two at the moment but I took a break from it last night because um I wanted to be able to give you some thoughts on this show that every single person is talking about all over the internet called Tiger King on Netflix. Have you heard of this mm. doco?
1: I've seen uh, a tweet saying, this. I've just realised the saddest thing about Jacinda Ardern being so very busy is there's no chance that she's had a chance to watch Tiger King yet. So I thought, I wonder what this is, this Tiger King. And here you are telling us.
3: Yeah, I also saw this funny meme where like, Um, somebody says to come and whispers in Trump's ear and they're like, what should we do? You know, like everyone's got to stay home. And he's just like, release the tiger documentary. That will just (laughs) keep everyone off our backs. (laughs) Um, So yeah, as I said, I've only watched the first episode, but it's, and it was kind of a bit unsettling for like someone who really loves animals and seeing all of these sad, wild animals in enclosures, but compelling nonetheless. Um, So it's about this, guy, this yeah, Tiger King guy, he owns an exotic animal farm in Florida. There's hints at this point. I mean, I can't give anything away because I haven't watched the whole thing, but there's hints of sort of murder and bloodshed and that kind of thing. But at the same time, like this passion for animals and yeah, it's only nine episodes, I think. So if no one was working or had kids, you could smash that out in a day. What a dream.
1: So just to be clear, is this drama or documentary?
3: It's a doco. It's like this weird documentary based on a real guy who, huh. from what I can tell and kind of what I read, I guess, he's in jail now. Um, <laughs> okay. That's so it kind away. of opens, <laughs> it, well, it opens with that. And there's lots of stuff around the internet um, right. where you see this kind of tension building between him and an animal rights activist and he's in jail now. So then I guess we piece that together over the next nine years. But yeah, it's the number one show in Netflix, in New Zealand at the moment. Followed by Ozark, which you mentioned that you're watching, Adam.
1: TV binging is the obvious place to go. Can we just rewind a tiny bit? Give us an outline of what's happening in the entertainment industry. What else is there to know?
3: Yeah, well, kind of, in summary, nothing is happening in the (laughs) entertainment industry. And that just grows and grows each day. Like, when I was kind of thinking about the beginning, it's just happened so quick. So, like, you know, mid-March, we had heard that gatherings of less than a hundred would be happening. And so that limited, obviously, you know, a bunch of different things. We were midway through the Book of Mormon and then Lenny Kravitz couldn't come. Alanis Morissette couldn't come. The writers festivals off. Homegrown's postponed. And that list and list just kept on growing. So I was kind of looking at what's on the horizon and asking a few promoters about what we could have in time for. Next to big acts are Harry Styles and Rod Stewart, who are set for November. But if I'm honest with you, the way that this changes just so often, who knows how, I don't know, yesterday actually we spoke to um, Brent Eccles. So he is the boss of like the New Zealand Promoters Association in New Zealand. He knows what's what. And um, he was kind of saying, obviously, our borders were first to close and they could be last to open. So even if people start touring again and stuff, big names aren't going to come here and be quarantined for two weeks before they perform, for instance. And so he was kind of nervous, I suppose, about the, quote, eye-watering amount of money that this is going to cost. The thing, I guess, to feel good about is that the local music scene could thrive. Once we can get back out again, then there's going to be heat. Hospos going to want to start thriving and gigs are going to start happening and we're going to have more time to, and we're going to be hungry for it, I would say currently the local, the Music Commission reckoned that they've lost about $8 million.
0: You know, we kind of look back with a bit of nostalgia at, what was it, how many Elton John shows were cancelled and people were losing their mind and now, you know. Yeah. It's and the, then the and last, that seems like a million yeah. years ago now, doesn't it?
3: The last gig, I think, I, when I was thinking about it, I think the last big gig we had was Tool and someone at that gig had coronavirus and that's the end, you know, yeah. and that was the end of it.
1: In the meantime... I understand that there are uh, efforts being made to replicate aspects of, of the entertainment world, you know, in a way that people can consume in a lockdown. What do, what do you know about that?
3: The biggest shift I've noticed is this kind of social online viewing thing. If I'm honest, it's not my cup of tea. I, if I'm going to watch a movie, if I've you know got a few hours up my sleeve to do that, I'd rather just sit and watch it. But... If people do like to engage with that kind of stuff or have opinions about it and and or maybe they're home all by themselves in isolation, this would be probably quite appealing. There's things like um, Netflix Party. So you can pick a movie or a series or whatever that you want to watch and you watch it on your laptop and you and your mates can chat about it and like a little live chat thing kind of runs up along the side of the screen. So a bunch of films weren't, able to be finished because say they were in production or they literally can't get a big cast of thousands together to keep working on them. So, you know, you've got your delays. And so that's like Yen Mulan and James Bond and stuff. But there are some movies as well that were only out in the cinemas. Um, an example of this is this movie called Onward. It was in cinemas for like a week. And then the distributor thought it was just a better idea to pull it and put it online and people pay to rent it. But they, can, um, they run like a, say, live Twitter feed with one of the stars um, in the film or someone that works on it so that you can kind of engage that way. And similarly, like there's another there's a website that I haven't used much, but Movie Buffs that I've been chatting with use this thing called Letterboxd, which is like the same thing. You kind of pay to rent a movie and then you can engage a bit more about it. And, and like, yeah, Disney Plus, I suppose, of like – dropped a bunch of films earlier than they were. So so Frozen 2, for example, had like run at the cinemas and perhaps wasn't going to be online. I mean, available on streaming for, I don't know, another month or whatever. Um, so they've thrown it on there early because, I mean, people are stuck at home. I was just going to mention the other th- thing that I thought was kind of cool that I wanted to like think more about was all of this stuff's going to cost money, right? But there are some free options. Like if you're already a member of your library in New Zealand, Uh, online you can like hire movies and all free i don't know what their catalog looks like or if it's a gem but there's you know there's options like that yeah and there's seven day trials to all of this stuff so here's hoping that we're only locked down um with our with our loved ones uh for four weeks you could do your seven days free trial of your neon then your disney and you know you can try and get through it a bit like that
1: that's very wise. Hey, one thing we wanted to get from you was we thought you might be able to help us out with our Plague playlist where um, we're thinking about songs that go well with a lockdown or songs like the ones from The Wiggles. Have you been, have you been listening to that? It's. I haven't
3: stopped. I, yes. <laughs> that we've, I know all the words already. Um, as a change from fruit salad, we've got the physical distancing song.
0: Lovely. How, do, do toddlers understand social distancing? God, no. That was a little bit off from the Wiggles if I'm giving a review.
3: Well, you know. I think that, I mean, say you're seven-year-olds. that yes. They'd probably get it if it's like, and you'd explain it right. You put your arms out and you turn mm, around true. and you shouldn't be able to touch anyone. True. It's your wingspan, essentially.
0: True. Who am well, I to doubt the Wiggles? You know, I'll get back in my box.
3: Yeah, what are you doing? Yeah. Don't make me defend <laughs> the Wiggles. You just do. Um, <laughs> But, yeah, <laughs> Gus it, we, almost does the opposite of social distancing where, like, he wants to lick our faces, you know? And I'll be like, oh, my uh, gosh, you have no
1: idea. It's interesting. I, there has been a lot of advice about do not touch your face, but I haven't seen a single public information notice saying do not lick people's faces. So maybe it's fine. Maybe he's fine. Maybe it's absolutely fine. Maybe there's no problem at all with licking so that, people's this
3: faces.
0: This is a PSA. Do not lick people's faces. <laughs> and,
3: I was um, also wondering, though, how, what effect, like, I've been already starting to think about like the long-term effects this lockdown life will have on us. Like things like, cause I do lifestyle stuff too, but less food waste, for instance, you know, like we ate our broccoli stalk the other night just cause I was like, well, we're nearly out of vegetables, but my kids like quiet, not obsessed, but really regularly washing his hands. Like I'm not worried about it at this point, but he really wants to wash them a lot. <laughs> and I mean, that's good personal hygiene, but it is, I think that's going to be one of the sort of repercussions of all of this. Anyway. That's just a side
1: note. We drifted, interestingly, but completely off our point, which was to ask if you can add to our play playlist.
3: Yeah. I forgot to find a song for you, um, So I'm going to have to find something. I'm not... What have I been listening to? It just bloody wiggles. Um, I'll have to find you a lockdown song that I reckon's good. I kind of... I want my... Um, Isolation song to feel uplifting? Well, uh,
1: who can go past that middle as you are the wind beneath my wings?
3: Oh, God. Uh, God, um, (laughs) Adam. What will that portray me as? I'm also like the cool entertainment director at Stuff Man. Um, Locked up by Akon. Oh, yeah. Locked up, they won't let me out. And I had a long day in court. Stress me out.
1: Nikki Park, thank you very much.
3: Thanks for having me. It was nice to talk to some other people.
1: That's the Coronavirus NZ podcast for Thursday, April the 2nd. I'm Adam Dudding. He's Eugene Bingham. Thank you to George Block, Nikki Park, Alex Liu, Catherine George, Patrick Crutzen and Carol Hirschfeld. We're on the
0: Stuff website, stuff.co.nz, all the podcast apps as well, so you can go and subscribe. And you can also get in touch with us on that email, viruspod at stuff.co.nz. Especially if you're a Kiwi abroad,
3: we'd love to hear from you and how you're getting on. Adio.